Philip Yancey is a journalist and a writer, and in his book, he, had, he has written a, a book and called, Reaching, called Reaching for the Invisible God. He talks about a, a man named Sedan. Sedan is a man battling leprosy. He's being treated by a missionary doctor, Paul Brand. And I want to read to you then what Philip Yancey writes. Sedan looked like a miniature version of Gandhi, skinny, bald, perched cross-legged on the edge of the bed. In a high-pitched sing-song voice, he told me wrenching stories of past rejection. The classmates who tormented him in school, the driver who kicked him literally with a shoe off a public bus, the many employers who refused to hire him despite his training and his talent, the hospitals that turned him away out of unwarranted fear. Sidon then recounted the elaborate sequence of medical procedures, tendon transfers, nerve stripping, toe amputations, and cataract removal. He spoke for half an hour recounting a life that was a catalog of human suffering. But as we sipped out our last cup of tea in his home, Sedan made this astonishing statement. And he said, Still I must say that I am happy that I had this disease. Apart from leprosy, I would have been a normal man with a normal family, chasing wealth and a higher position in society. I would have never known such wonderful people as Dr. Paul and Dr. Margaret. And I would have never known the God who lives in them. There are times when I'm preparing to speak to you on a Sunday that I am just so pumped to give you the truth that I've discovered in the Holy Scriptures. But also at the same time, there are those moments, and today is one of those moments, I say, God, how can I live this out? Because it's just not a simple thing. It, it, it's, it's not a simple thing to hear this man say, I am glad for my disease. Because I'm not standing before you today saying, bring on the leprosy, here we go. Uh, We all freak out when we get a cold sore. And so I'm I'm wrestling with this, and this morning I I want you to come with me on this this journey. Because we have all been indoctrinated, most of us in this place have been indoctrinated, living here in the United States, with the belief that we find really true joy and true happiness in healthy bodies, in, in, in relationships that are secure, in functioning families, in having really nice stuff. And when our children excel in soccer or her first chair violin, when we get the raise or the promotion, when we get to do the Disney trip, when we have the American dream. And then I hear Sidon say, I didn't have any of that. I lost all of that, and I am so delighted in that and joyful in that because although those things are good, I found that which is greatest. And so that makes me step back and reassess who I am and reassess my living. See, we've been been looking at the letter written in the first century by a follower of Jesus named Paul 
who had been placed in prison because of his beliefs, because he had faith in Jesus, and because he would not declare and put his faith in Caesar as Lord. And it is in these, these, these horrible conditions he finds himself in prison that he writes these words to his friends in Philippi and tells them how he feels about being in prison and how they should exist in their living. And so here's what he says. It's on your notes and you can see it on the screen. He says this, Philippians 3.1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. He says, finally, he's starting to wrap this up. It'll take him a while to wrap it up. It's like a pastor who says, in conclusion, and goes for another hour. That's what Paul's doing. He says, finally, be cheerful. Be cheerful when your body is racked with pain. Still be cheerful. Wow. Be cheerful when... Your family put fun in dysfunction. Be cheerful in that process. Be cheerful when really what was nice in your home was nice in 1973 and the refrigerator still avocado green. Be cheerful. Be cheerful that your children only excel, or not at it, but in it. Be cheerful when your children only excel in Saturday detention. Be cheerful that even though you are passed over the promotion and you feel like you're barely going to make it over the poverty level, still be cheerful. Be cheerful, although the vacation you're on now is caused by the fact you just got laid off, still be cheerful. Be cheerful even though those who look at you say you don't have the American dream, you have an American nightmare. Still be cheerful. How do we do that? Well, I want to go back to some phrases Paul used in his letter earlier that we pivot around. And here's what he says in Philippians 1, 6. And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Understand that when that cell multiplied within your mother's womb, it was not by accident. It was a God-ordained happening. Understand that your destiny, the road you're walking, had been recorded when you were in that condition. Already written. The psalmist David, the king of Israel, wrote these words, Psalm 139. For you created me in my, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And all the days ordained for me, now catch this, were written in your book before one of them came to be. God formed you as you with a you destiny. You are uniquely you. 
When God looked at you in that womb, he said, I know you. I know the unique path I have for you. I know the unique destiny I have for you. And I know the unique challenges that you will face. Each of you different challenges. And you look at those and say, those challenges are roadblocks in my life. And he says, no, I'm giving you a unique map to work your way through those roadblocks and around those roadblocks so that you will come to your unique destiny. It is how he created you in the very beginning. You sit here today and say, I've messed up my life. The news for you is this, that when you put your trust in Jesus, he can put you back on the path you need to walk and even use those situations that seem harmful to you where you messed up and integrate them in your life to get you back to where you need to be and around those roadblocks. And so this morning, Paul's going to share with us some of those roadblocks that we can go around and we should go around. And he says, I want you to be joyful in the process. Here's the first roadblock. Adding something to Jesus. My wife Pam drives a 2007 vehicle. When it was when it was purchased and we got it used when it was purchased, it came out of the factory with a factory installed GPS. It has not been updated since its creation, probably around sometime in 2006 it was put in. And so it has not been refreshed, it has not been updated, it is still an old GPS. It would cost $200 to get it upgraded and I'm too cheap. So we drive it the way it is. And so there will be moments that we drive into some part of Virginia and the GPS will say something like this, this road is unfamiliar. Proceed with caution. My GPS is telling us, I don't know where we are. Good luck. (laughs) Here's the issue. We are much like that in this case, that we are functioning in our lives with, with generally accepted cultural maps. They've been that way. You, you get good grades in high school, and then you get a scholarship, you go to college, or you go to a trade school, and you, and you get into a job, and then you find somebody that, that, that you think you can love forever, and if it doesn't work out well, then, well, it doesn't work out, and, 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 then, and then you have a family, and then you get a long-lasting job that will give you a pension, and, and, and then you have, you have great family life, and you have great sex, and you have all, it's just all great, and that'll get you to your destiny. That's, that is our, our roadmap. Now, if you are a religious person, there's a generally accepted religious roadmap that you have followed according to your tradition, whatever it may be. Yours may have been, yours may have included, well, then first of all, this roadmap says you must just read King James Version. Or it may be that you must speak in tongues. Or it may be that you go to Saturday night mass. Or you go to Sunday morning worship service. Or that you serve in a place where you can feed the poor. Or that you go on a missions trip. But there's this generally accepted map that you follow. Paul the Apostle suddenly whips out a new map. He says, wait, 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 I got a new one here, got a new one. And it is totally different than anything you've ever seen before. And your GPS just goes crazy. He says, I don't understand this. Proceed with caution. It is so offbeat. Listen to what he says that just, just floors those who read this letter. He says this, Philippians 3, 2. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil. 
those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Understand that the Jews had disdain for the Gentiles and therefore would call the Gentiles dogs. Paul flips it all around and says to his own people, if you are following the old roadmap, you're a dog. Whoa. He says, if you are doing good works according to the old roadmap, they are now evil works. And if you are circumcising yourself in order that you may have a covenant relationship with Jehovah God, according to the old map, you are just mutilating yourself. And the Jews knew it was against the law with God to mutilate themselves. He said, you got the wrong orientation. The word orient is from the Latin orients. It actually means East. See, he, we, we in America, we take our maps and we orient ourselves according to what is north. So this is north and everything is oriented according to north. Within the Middle Ages and through several centuries, they oriented their, their maps according to whatever they wanted to. And many times it was the east. And so if we did the same, then this would be our orientation. And, and New York City would be at the top. That would be our orientation. In the ancient city or the ancient times of Tokyo in Japan, the imperial palace was at the top of the map and it was the orientation. Everything circulated around the imperial palace. Here in Erie, my wife has a map and its orientation starts with the Mill Creek Mall. Everything circulates around the Mill Creek Mall. My map has Moe's Mexican restaurant and everything circulates around Moe's. It is said that there are maps of the Imperial Palace that for you to read the labels and get your directions and understand where you are and where you want to go that you would have to take the map and take the Imperial Palace and actually put it up over your head. The Imperial Palace would be up over your head, and then you could read the labels and find your directions. Paul the Apostle says, I have a new orientation for you. And earlier in his letter, he said this, everybody will submit to one name. Everyone will confess that that name belongs to Jesus of Nazareth, and that name is Lord. That by his death and resurrection, he affirmed who he already was, which is Lord Supreme of the universe. Therefore, he is the orientation. And if you want to find your way in this life, you put him at the top and over your head. Put him over your head and then with him over your head and you submitted to that, you can then tell your directions and know where you're going. That is the map that you must follow. That is your orientation. What we like to do, because Paul says it's just Jesus. In fact, if you're not following the notes this morning, but you want to remember what we talked about today, just say this out loud with me. It's just Jesus. Say it. That's the deal. It's just Jesus. 
Now see, we have this tendency to want to take our old maps and add them to Jesus. I want this part of the map. I like this part. And I like this part. And and I really like this part. And so I'm going to add those parts to Jesus. So now I've got these parts. And see, the issue is this. We get in over our heads with the wrong parts. I can tell you when it's not just Jesus because I've experienced it. When it's not Jesus, I'm stressed out. When it's not just Jesus, I'm over busy. When it's not just Jesus, I am exhausted. Because when it's Jesus, Jesus said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden down and I will give you rest. He said, I am the prince of peace. So when it's Jesus, and he is the one who is our orientation, we walk in a much more peaceful cadence and not stressed out. But you see, when I want to add to Jesus, my acceptance from people, that's important to me. I need value, so I'm I'm going to have them accept me. Well, the problem is that the applause dies sometime. And now I have no orientation. I'm lost. If, if I want it to be my achievements, and I put it up there with, with my achievements, and I structure my life according to my achievements, and I have all these things I've got to do to achieve, understand that schedules exhaust, and eventually I will not have all the energy I need to achieve what I think I need to do to find what I want to find when I try to connect it to Jesus and. Because it's just Jesus. If I think it's my social standing and I try to connect in relationships with the popular people, the cool people, the prestigious people, the, the ones you see in the paper, the ones in the magazines, the people that are at the, those fancy balls, whatever, you want, to, you want to connect with those people you think are important. The problem is that relationships break down and then I have no orientation. In our society right now, one of those things that, that according to the media and according to Hollywood and according to the television networks, what we need to have is really good sex lives. And so if we can just get a really good sex life, and it doesn't matter if it's with multiple partners and, and whether it's safe sex, same sex or whatever, if I can just do that, then I'm going to arrive. But sexuality, the, the sexual experience only lasts for a moment. And then I'm back to the place again where I have no orientation. Because it's an old roadmap. It doesn't work anymore. The man who wrote the message translation of the Bible, Eugene Peterson, helps us understand how confused we can become. He says this, The resurrection of Jesus creates and makes available the reality in which we are formed as new creatures in Christ by the Holy Spirit. The do-it-yourself, self-help culture of North America has so thoroughly permeated our imaginations that we don't give much sustained attention to the biggest thing of all, resurrection. And the reason we don't give much attention to it is because the resurrection is not something we can use or manipulate or control or improve on. And Paul says, I know it's countercultural, but it's just Jesus. And when it's just Jesus, you can say to Jesus, okay, I'm going to put you in my orientation. And Jesus says, good, now I will give you directions. In fact, I will personally escort you on your journey. I'll get you there. It's just Jesus. Nothing plus. It's just Jesus. Paul says, watch out for the roadblock when you try to add to Jesus. He also says this. He says, 
one of those roadblocks you've got to avoid is picking through the garbage. Some of you are friends with me on Facebook, and you know that I've been saying that Pam and I are celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary on June the 5th, and so my, one of my gifts to her is that I'm giving her 35 songs for 35 years for 35 days. And so I list on Facebook so you can see what song I'm giving her, but then I actually send her the song. And she's collecting all the songs. We'll put it in an iPod, and and our anniversary, we're going on a little trip, and we'll be playing that music. And so she loves it, and I'm, I'm, I'm really doing good now. I'm, just, I'm in good, good shape. And some of you have been adding what your songs are and who's saying it better, and Tom, I got your message, and you're right. The other guy does a song better, absolutely. So we're having fun with that, but see how awkward and, and awful it would be that on June the 4th, I go, oh, man, anniversary tomorrow? I got nothing i got to have something. Oh, maybe there's something in here. And I start pulling through the garbage. And I walk out and I say, Pam, look what I've got for you. Used green beans in a coffee cup. <laughs> I love you. You'd say, it's garbage. It is. What if I did this? On June the 5th, I take her to a really nice restaurant. And I go, I got a surprise for you. First of all, I wouldn't do it that way. But what if I did? (laughs) I got a surprise for you. Remember my old girlfriend, Jackie? She's joining us. (laughs) Pam and Jackie, what could be better? You'd say, garbage. Now, Jackie's good. She's a good lady. But good that is not in right orientation becomes garbage. Wouldn't work. See, Paul had better good stuff than anybody. There was nobody like Paul the Apostle. He had good stuff. In fact, he describes it. Listen to what he says. Philippians 3, 4. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I had even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a real Hebrew if there ever was a Hebrew. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the, I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without faults. He said, I knew the map. I read the map. I followed the map. I was pure in my following. I was precise in my following. I belonged to the elite group of map readers. I even went after those who were reading other maps and killed them and jailed them. I was so good at this. And then he takes his map and he throws it away. This thing that he's been doing, this thing that he's bragging in, he says, I've tossed it in the garbage. Why? Here's why. Philippians 3, verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, Messiah Jesus, my Lord, the Supreme One. 
For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. He said, I want to tell you folks that none of you have the stuff that I have. None of you, as I've carried through life and as I've followed this map and I've walked through this map in life, I have collected this stuff that the map has brought me to and I've got the stuff. I've told you I've got the stuff. But when I brought it to God, because nobody, nobody did what I did. Nobody went to the extreme of reaching God as I did. And when I got there, I couldn't reach him. But what I discovered was he reached me. Therefore, all that I did, all of this stuff, it's no longer good. I'm dumping it all because I've got nothing that he needs and nothing that I need to make this happen. I'm dumping it all because I don't need it. I've got him. What are you collecting? What are your credentials? So it, it, just for fun, in, in Paul's way of declaring who he was, I wrote up my credentials. You ready? I was raised in a pastor's home. I've been a Christian as long as I can remember. I was baptized at age 12. I spoke in tongues at age 7. I went to youth camps, retreats, sang in a youth choir, traveled the nation singing on college campuses, graduated high school and Bible college with honors, kept myself from sexual relationships until marriage. I have married people, buried people, dedicated children, given to the poor, ministered in third world countries, stayed with people at their deathbeds, prayed all night, worked all day, been in poverty, not knowing where my next meal was going to come from. I've read the Bible through dozens of times. I fasted 40 days, and I bring that to Jesus, and Jesus says... That's nice. You're not going to make me love you. In fact, when Paul said this is garbage, he said, literally, this is poop. (laughs) Some child over here went, ooh. Paul said, all of the stuff that I collected that I thought were good, the credentials that I had, when I got to Jesus, he said, it's not going to get you anywhere because it's man-made, and man-made stuff is poop. Guys, on your anniversary, take your wife a bag of manure and see what she thinks. Unless she's planting a garden, she's not going to be happy. So I can't impress him. I can't take this to him and say, here you go. So he said, you need to just let go of that stuff because you can't impress him. And so we say, but, but, but I, I like this stuff. I like, I like my possessions. I like my credentials. I like my, my prestigiousness. I like having this position. I like this and Jesus. He said, you can't do that and Jesus because Jesus and poop can't go together. So you say, but, but I like this stuff. So then you put Jesus to the side. But I got to tell you, if you put Jesus to the side, guess what you still have? Some of you don't even say it out loud, do you? <laughs> Poop. That's what you got. That's all it is. What he wants you to do is to empty out everything. And if I was brave enough, I'd crawl into this thing. All he wants you to do is he wants you to empty it out, get rid of all the stuff you use for your credentials, all the things you think you need to be happy, all of the things your culture told you, all the old map and everything the map brought you. Crawl in to where everything was contained before and just stand before him and say, 
here I am. Just me wanting just you. That's all I want. And I will follow you wherever you go on this roadmap of life. You take me where you need to go. I will follow you. And even in the process, if I lose some things that I thought I needed, if I lose some health in the process, if I lose, if I lose possessions in the process, if I lose reputation in the process by following you, all I want is just you. I want you. I just want you. You are my orientation. The thing about throwing that stuff out is, if, and I don't know if any of you tomorrow will put your garbage out tonight for tomorrow, but I doubt that tomorrow morning when, before the garbage man gets there, you're going to run back out to the curb in the rain and go, well, maybe I do want some of that stuff. You're not going to do that. You let the garbage man take it away. Paul says, dump it and let it go and follow Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Read about Jesus. Study Jesus. Because he's guiding you in your life. Quit picking through the garbage. Paul said there's this, this, there's this other obstacle, this, this other roadblock that will stop you if you're not careful. And he says this, be careful that you're not missing the resurrection. See, what do you want to gain? What is it you want out of this thing? As you sit there today and you listen to all this, what is it as you think through? What, what do I really want? But when I get to the end of all of this, you know, there, there are those who are saying on May 21st that the rapture will take place. And, and, and so, you know, you're wondering about that. And, and I'm just, in a, in a short statement, let me just say that <clears throat> the whole thing of Jesus coming is based upon the fact that the, bride, the bridegroom comes for the bride. And according to Hebrew culture, the bridegroom does not know when he's ready to come back till the father says, go get her. And so no man's going to know that. Paul the apostle expected him to be any moment. So you say, will he come May 21st? Could be. Could be today. So he says, just be ready right now. Live your life as if it's going to happen now. Well, they say there's going to be a bigger earthquake on May 21st. Could be. But live your life so that if there's an earthquake, you're orientated to, you have an orientation with Jesus and you're following Jesus. That's as simple as it can get. Because if you lose all that stuff, that's fine. But don't lose your orientation with Jesus because that's your survival. As Paul said, I want, you, I want you to be very careful you don't miss this resurrection because he said, here's what we're after. Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. In America, we can buy anything for a price. You can even buy a blessing for God for 50 bucks if you fight the right evangelist. You can just send it to him and you get a blessing from God. I'll do it for 25, so just, I, <laughs> just let you know. I'll do it for 10.50. Just, I'm, I got to pay for an anniversary gift, so you just keep coming. I'll take care of that. We try a lot of things to get the good stuff. But Paul's saying, let me tell you, you can't get the great thing. Because you're working off the old map. And it's countercultural for us to work off the new map, which is Jesus, just Jesus, 
as an orientation. People look at you and say, what, what, what's this just Jesus? You can add, you can add Buddha. You can, you can add meditation. You can, you can add your wealth. You can, you, all that stuff goes. It's just Jesus. Look, it's not even Jesus and Erie First, and it's not Jesus and the Catholic Church, and it's not Jesus and Mary, and it's not Jesus and that prophet, and it's not Jesus and your goods, and it's not Jesus and, and your marriage. It's not, it's not Jesus and anything. It's just Jesus. And he said, that's what I want. Because he said, if I just focus on Jesus, I get this. The very power that raised Jesus from the grave gets dispersed in my life when it's just Jesus. Now I want you to catch this. How Jesus got out of the grave, that power, when it's just Jesus, he releases that in your life. In addition to that, he said, in the process where you think you've lost stuff and you're grieving over it, in that grieving, you'll find a deep intimacy and comfort with him and you'll find parts of him you could have not known unless you went through the process of grieving. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. I'll give you that stuff. And here's the, here's the unique thing about this. amazing to me. You know all that stuff you threw away that was good? That when you're walking with Jesus and just Jesus, sometimes he gives you that stuff back. Only now it's his expression of love to you. And sometimes you get to take that stuff and you give it to him. Because it's your expression of love to him. See, good things in the proper orientation become worship. He says, I'll take that. So look, it's not Jesus and anything else. It's just Jesus. So Paul says, I can't figure it out, but I just, I just got Jesus. I dumped everything and I just got Jesus. But now somehow I am, I'm attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And is that not our destiny to live forever the way that God designed us to be? He said, that's, that's mine. I get that. So I'm encouraging you today as I'm trying to figure all this out and I'm listening to, to these words by Sedan who says, I lost it all and I gained the greatest. To say, take your stuff and the stuff that you really want, your reputation, your promotion, your marriage and all of that stuff. And I'm not saying get rid of your marriage. I'm just saying don't make it your priority. Put it in there. Get to the spot where you just say, here I am. Just me, wanting just you. Because he'll give you that stuff back, and your marriage will be much better. Your parenting will be much better. Your supervising as a CEO will be much better. Because it's just Jesus' orientation, and not your success, and not your fear of failure, but just Jesus. So today I'm going to ask you to give it away. I'm going to ask John to come and join me on the platform. I'm going to ask you to just give it away. I'm going to ask you to just take your life and say, here, I'm going to dump it all and put Jesus in my orientation, not Jesus and anything else, but Jesus above my head. I'm going to follow Jesus. And as I do, I'm going to dump the rest and follow his roadmap. And let this resurrection power well up within me and this comfort of Jesus well up within me, no matter what I face. So John's going to lead us in a, in a worship chorus that you're not familiar with, but it's easy to catch on. But I want you to make it your expression because we've got to respond to this this, this morning. We've got to respond to it. So I'm going to invite you to do this. In just a moment, I'm going to have you stand. And John's going to lead us.
And if you would like, while we're singing, to come to here, because we call this place the altar, the place where we let it all go, the place that we, we, we give it out, where we say, okay, this is yours, God, I just want you. I'm going to invite you to come and just spend some time here. Uh, let us go through the song for a time or two, if you have to leave, until folks have a chance to come down here so you don't distract them and, and, and keep them from coming here. But today, I just want you to respond to him, and I just want you the final word to be, say, to be, to be him, to him, here am I. I'm right here, just me, wanting just you. And the rest of the stuff, I don't care. Because I want to know you. The power of your resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in your suffering. Because if we do, then he who began a good work in us can finish the work in us and through us. Would you stand? And John's going to start leading us. And would you take some time to respond to what the Spirit of God is speaking to you this morning?
hands. Sing that again. Take my heart. Take my heart. Take my life as a living sacrifice. All my dreams, all my plans, Lord, I place them in your hands. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. myself away so you can use me